Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Sorry for the delay. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Uh, we will go right into the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. So since I'm wearing a Pete Alonzo shirt, we'll mention Pete Alonzo since his agent Scott Boris. Um, David Stern said that um, they are now going to start to negotiate with Pete Alonzo and see where they're at, but he wants to do it behind closed doors. The problem is Scott Boris is the agent and nothing stays behind closed doors. Apparently he did a press conference today talking about having wanting to move. Um, he wanted the world series to be in neutral sites, which I think is idiotic. The one great thing about baseball is, is the fact that you get to play in your home field. Why would you want to change that? It's idiotic. And and then the other thing is, I think he wanted to change um, the time of free agency when it hits, I think. Uh, January? I mean, What's I mean the world. Or is it something else? Uh... Well, while you're looking that up, because I'll, I'll, yeah. it's, it's tied to free agency and tied to baseball. Um, I'll, prob- I'll be, probably be writing about this. I'm. Oh, by the way, I'm nibbling on Trader Joe's uh, mixed nuts with herbs and olives. It's delicious. I don't like olives, but I, I would like it with herbs. That's fine. Yes. Um, so condiments, just so you know. No, they're not. There's, there's herbs in they're, condiments. They're close. They're close. Okay. Um, regarding baseball, um, not too many managers, general managers, come out and basically pile drive the media and their fans. Oh, sorry. So it's the amateur draft. He wants to move that away from All-Star Weekend. Like, when are you going to do it, dude? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it after the season, like like football, baseball, and uh, football, uh, basketball, and hockey do, do fine. But, you know. You know the problem with that is? Because I, I write a lot about baseball prospects now, and the ones that get – um, that finish college, those college seasons end early. So then when they get drafted, you can get in um, 30 games of rookie ball and sometimes, uh, you know, 15 games of like a ball and you're going to miss all that. Yeah. No, no. I I mean, Scott Burroughs, he, I think if everybody's going left, he likes to go right. Yeah. It's like, he's the Alan Walsh of baseball. Yeah. Um so, yeah, very few times does a general manager come out and pile drive the media and the fans. But that's what Brian Cashman, the GM of the Yankees, did yesterday. Um, coming, He basically came out and said that the media didn't know what they were talking about uh, regarding the team being analytically driven. Oh, gee, let me say, let me see. Uh, you're pulling, you're pulling, rele- you're pulling starters at, at 90 pitches. Um, you're resting uh Aaron Judge when he just came off the IR um you know I mean you know you're you have these strategic rest days for players I mean 
I, of course they're analytics. Well, we have the smallest analytics group in the AL East. I mean, I'll, I'll just say, I'll just say this. I'm sorry. It's like, you know, he is, he's a general manager who's got basically is a, is a, um, a, a brother from a different mother when it comes to the Steinbrenner family. So he's got complete security. Oh, they love him. They love him. And, you know, he's made them tons of money. He's wasted tons of money, but he's also made them tons of money. And, you know, all this stuff about them looking over the analytics group and reevaluate, nothing's going to happen. And they're probably not going to go after, you know, they're probably, you know, not going to buy out Stanton and they're not going to, they're not going to get Otani. Maybe they'll get the Japanese pitcher. Maybe they'll sign a free agent, but fans are going to, it's going to be a very interesting baseball year in in new york in in the bronx and in queens russ because you could have two fan bases rebelling against their own team this might be the most angry these fan bases have been since like i don't know 1974 when both teams were not good well yeah there there isn't much overlap because they traded they traded siever in what 76 77 77. Okay. At that point, the Yankees were in the World Series. But yeah. up until, for you know, the Mets were in the World Series in 69 and 73. Yeah. At that point, the Yankees, you know, Mantle had retired. Uh, they, they were the Horace Clark years. They were terrible. Until Steinberger bought the club in 72 or 73 and then started to spend money and build the team up, the Yankees were a joke. And then the Mets became a joke uh, in the in the late '70s after they traded Seaver to Cincinnati. So yeah, there's there hasn't been much overlap when both fan bases have been pissed, but they're going to be commiserating at bodegas in Queens, uh, Yankees fans and 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 Mets fans singing "Kumbaya," how they hate their respective franchises. Just to show you the differences, though, in the organizations. So the Mets were in '74, '71, and '91. That was the last year of Yogi, um, and they were fifth. The Yankees were in second, 89 and 71, but they're still in second with Bill Verdon. So that's why I knew they, they didn't, you know, have a big year. Right. All right, let's get started. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and I just kind of wonder what we're going to talk about today. Oh, and I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Oh, yeah, but, um, yeah, I have no idea. Mike, what's the top story in the league? Hmm, let's see. Uh, Andreas Janssen was placed on unconditional waivers today. Did you get that from Thomas? Uh, no, Tom. Well, yeah. Well, I get everything from Thomas because Thomas posts everything in the in the comment. Uh, I love you, Thomas. But we're hockey reporters. We don't need to know. Now you're in, if you're informing the people in the group, that's fine because they may not know, but we know. Um, okay. Um, at two o'clock in the afternoon, my heart was singing because that was yesterday, two o'clock in the afternoon, because after losing to the Vancouver Canucks, or shall I say being pile drive by the Vancouver, Vancouver Canucks on Monday, the Edmonton Oilers placed goaltender Jack Campbell on waivers and i wish i could play you know the funeral dirge or some sort of i mean you had all day to figure that out somber music no no i didn't i didn't want but 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 this, trombone like you had all day for that i mean i really i really wanted eck here 
I really wanted him here today because it would have just brought me so much more joy to just give him sort of that Ken Patera pile driver. Ken or, Patera, nice. Yes, you know, just, um, you know, because Eck was the one who was like, oh, this is a fantastic signing and unbelievable. You know, you know, and this is the thing, I, and I've said this repeatedly. I like Jack Campbell. He's a nice guy. He was a really good guy to deal with in the locker room. He's a he's a sweet fellow. Teammates loved him. Um, the the Leafs acquired him from Los Angeles as a backup because they didn't they'd had trouble with backups to Freddie Anderson. Uh, Freddie Anderson um, got uh, injured during um, his uh, last season in Toronto and Jack Campbell took over and played well. And uh, then, you know, did not, I mean, well, okay. Um, but you know, they, they, I mean, Freddie Anderson had his, sorry, Freddie Anderson had his issues in that uh, playoff series uh, against Columbus. He was not the reason why they lost. This isn't, this is in the bubble the following year he's brought back. Um, and Jack Campbell has a higher workload because Anderson gets hurt and Jack Campbell is the goaltender uh, in the playoffs. And up to a point, Jack Campbell played well, and then he didn't. And it was a situation where, you know, the, he was going into the final year of his contract, and Kyle Dubas made the offer apparently of two years at $3 million dollars. And uh, I saw somebody comment that his agent apparently laughed at the leaps. Well, who's got the last laugh now? Because Jack Campbell was placed on waiver and he's, and he's going to Bakersfield a year and a half into a five-year, $25 million contract. And why? Because Jack Campbell is an okay goalie. He's not a, he's not a number one starter. And he's not a number one starter for a team that had Stanley Cup aspirations. And if you look at his statistics and you look at the way, and, you know, he's not alone in the fault here. The Edmonton Oilers are an organization that is clueless in terms of how to build a team because they have they have struggled uh, in spite of having two of the best players in this league. They have struggled to have an idea of what to do. And this is just symptomatic of how dumb they are run. Yeah, I just feel worse that he's in Bakersfield than he's actually <laughs> not in the NHL. That's oh, not yeah. the greatest place to be. Um, well, now we're hearing things like, hey, Bruce Boudreaux's eating out in restaurants in Edmonton, and every name that's out there we're going to hear for the Edmonton Oilers because they're going to have a new coach. And the murmur is so loud, and I've been getting you know some messages too, that I think it's happening this week. And I think it's just going to take one more loss. And I think that's where we're at. I think the Winter Classic bought them a little bit of extra time, but it's almost inevitable now. Like, just moving Jack Campbell is not going to change the team. Well, okay. First of all, they they, they said that they had placed him on waivers to for the, the, for the reason of assignment. So I'm assuming that once he cleared today that he's being – uh, he's going to be assigned to Bakersfield. I haven't seen the transaction yet, but that's I'm taking them at their word, right. which means they're calling up either Calvin Pickard, who's having a really big year with Jake Bakersfield, 
or Oliver Rodrigue, who's 23 years old, and he's only played a couple games down there. So yeah. I would think it's Pickard because it's Pickard, Pickard. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So okay. So that's that's move one. Um, they've they're only able to bury about a million one on the cap with the demotion of Campbell. So if they can't trade him, then more than likely um, he's going to get bought out at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Which now, you know, the problem is is that you know Ken 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 Holland is going to be uh, drinking uh, um, mai tais in uh, in Florida. Uh, when the buyout happens, because he's in the final year of his contract, and he's everybody knows he's going to retire. So this is Jeff Jackson's problem to take on. Um, and this is a team that's tight against the cap. So you know, if you're talking about three more years at five million dollars, and I'm going to look up right now on Cap Friendly to see what the what the cap hit is on this, uh, the buyout on on him is. I mean, it's not going to be ch- it's not going to be cheap, Russ. No, no, it's not. I don't think he's got a lot of bonuses either. No, I think it's well that that would be that would be good news for them. Well, because, I know that's what I mean. I don't think he has that. Right. So okay, yeah, they did call up Pickard according to Cap Friendly. So yeah, no surprise. Um, so Jack Campbell buyout buyout calculator. Here we go. Um. Okay. So the cap hit would be one one next year, two three, two six. And then 1.5 the following three years. Yeah, so not it's not great. It's not it's not paralyzing, but it's not great. Right. Um, now there's no yeah there is no there is no there is no signing bonuses on these deals. So that that makes it at least a little bit more palatable. But um, really, for them to be able to get rid of him. They would have to trade a first round pick to uh, along with him. And I don't even know if that's enough, Russ. It might not be enough. I mean, unless there's a team that really believes in them, it's tough. Well, I, I don't know. There's no good situation for here for that. But you're right. It's not going to be Ken Holland's problem. Well, and okay. And a team like San Jose or a team like Arizona or a team like Philadelphia. Now Philadelphia's already got uh Cal Peterson. So could you see, you know, Cal Peter Cal Peterson being swapped to Edmonton in a deal for Jack Campbell because Peterson's got what one more year and Campbell's got three? Yeah. Uh, you know, that would it, that would alleviate the cap hit a little bit if they have to buy him out. But they, you know, Edmonton's probably going to have to give up a first round pick to get rid of that contract is that hey if they take money back or they don't take money back i mean whatever all i know is this, this is a disaster and it doesn't even solve the problem of they don't have a goalie no so speaking of another disaster on the uh let me get the name of the show right it's the dolly and something show out of uh, Rick Dollywall yeah Rick Dollywall yeah. show in, in uh, yeah he he is saying that he's hearing that um that Anthony Bavolier's name is out there now in trade talk. And again, this has been a disaster for Vancouver. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. I know Vancouver's had a great start because all their guys are playing great, like the ones that you need to, but they can't add ancillary pieces. Like, they've not been able to add those extra pieces that teams need to actually win over a long period of time. They can't do it. Well, okay. 
Bavillier has this is the final year of his contract. He's making 4.1 million. So um obviously if they're trading him, they probably want to trade all four all 4.1 million. And he's yeah. got he's got five points in 12 games. Um, which is not horrendous, but it's not great. Yeah. Um I mean we thought that this would might have been an issue when he was traded from the Islanders that maybe he was, you know, he was paid a little too much for what he had done. I mean, how many, well, I got breaking news. Go ahead. So we knew earlier that Kale and Addison got moved from the wild to the sharks. Right. And my yeah. word was they're doing that to save money. Well, here's why Tampa's now traded Zach Bogosian to the wild for a seventh round pick in 2025. So that's probably the same money, right? That same 825 is probably uh, the reason. Yeah. And what is Tampa Bay opening up money for? Now, that's the bigger question. What are they doing it for? Unless they're just getting out from under a little bit. Well, I mean, remember, they 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 told Bogosian to see if he could find a deal. They, you know, he had played a few games for them, but um Essentially, they 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 had placed them on waivers and nobody claimed them. So, yeah. I mean, Bogosian more fits what I guess. Are they going to sign Wayne Gretzky for that eight twenty five? Like, I mean, what other cap thing are they going to do? Are they bringing Mario Lemieux back? Like, you just wonder, right? With this team, are you talking about the are you talking about the Lightning or the Wild? Lightning, because they have eight twenty five to spend now. Like, I mean, maybe you know, maybe Dan, they're going to say. Dan B is saying he's saying Patrick Kane. <laughs> he's not taking 825. Well, I hey, who knows? Okay. Never... Do you think he's taking 825,000? I do not. Well, I'll just say this. If Patrick Kane, if if what is important to Patrick Kane is money, then he's gonna go wherever he can get the most money. Duh. If he wants to win another Stanley Cup, then he's gonna have to take close to that, Russ. It's like if if okay. winning Stanley Cup with that defense that they have. Well, no, but 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 that's my my point. My point is, okay, what are the teams out there that have supposedly been linked to Patrick Kane? We're we're we're, so, we're segueing here from from Campbell to Patrick Kane. Um, Dallas, Florida. Detroit. Detroit is the now Detroit doesn't have much money because they've spent money on Debrinket and other players. Right. So I they don't have Jay a ton of money. Right. Jay says Phil Kessel. He might be right. Yeah, maybe. That would track. Maybe. Um, and the thing is, Kessel, I mean, it it didn't sound like money was the important thing for Kessel. No, he doesn't care about money. He just wants to play. And he doesn't and he's prepared to give up the you know the the consecutive game streak yeah i'm just going to tell randy i'm going to let him down gently nobody is trading for dan vladar right now nobody not even tampa edmonton might if they could fit him that's all but but yeah but 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 flamester let me ask you this can you see in any conceivable situation calgary and edmonton trading with each other I can't. No, I can't either. So great um, insults. That's what they do. But okay. So let's just 
You don't even just, laugh at that joke. That was a top-notch A-plus joke, and you don't even I, laugh at it. I was too busy eating my cash. Yeah, I'm too sorry. busy eating triscuits or some shit. No, no, no. It's, it's oh, yeah. the, the herb nuts. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. That's great. The herb nuts. Because <laughs> 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 we're not going to do a, not going to do a whole full hour shows. No. Um, right. Exactly. Never will happen. Okay. But let me let me just finish off the Edmonton thing. So Campbell goes down to Bakersfield. Right now they have the Vesna Trophy winning tandem of Stuart Skinner and Calvin Pickard. Um, I like Calvin Pickard. He played well for the Marlies. Um, I think he's a third, like a he's a third string goaltender. He's an NHL goalie, but he's not great. I mean, maybe he gives them a start or two to sort of get off of the the Schneid, so to speak, and then maybe you know maybe they can start playing good enough defense to not hang Stuart Skinner out to dry. Right. Um. And and really, the problem is that they're having trouble scoring too. Which you know, if they're if they're having trouble scoring and they can't play good enough defense, then you know, then they're they're in the Max Celebrini uh, uh, sweepstakes. But I, I I can't I can't see that happening. But who I mean, who are they going to go out and get goaltender wise? Are they going to trade for John Gibson? Um. No. Because it's too much money, right? Um, and it's too much term. All the and the thing is, it's like everybody said, "Well, you know, we'll trade you this, but we want you know." Well, um, uh, I saw uh, Jimmy Murphy was like, "Well, the, if the Bruins get approached uh, for Lena Solmark, then the first guy they should ask for is Leon Dreisaitl." Okay. <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, I'm they're not trading Dreisaitl. Not impossible. Yeah, they're not trading Dreisaitl. They're not trading McDavid. There's no point. But the problem is, who can you trade from from that team? It won't be anything until the deadline because at the deadline, things will happen. Like, as an example, Minnesota is so cap-strapped that if they need another position and they're that bought in on Gustafson, maybe Fleury accepts a trade somewhere like Edmonton. But it would take until the deadline for that to happen. Right. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, I mean, the te- the team's – the teams that could, I mean, okay, could Philadelphia do it? Could they trade Carter Hart there? Yes, but they're not doing it today. Right, they're not doing it today. And if they did do it today, Edmonton would have to make it worth their while. They'd have to give them an unprotected 2024 first. Yeah, because, hey, we're throwing you a lifeline here. We're giving you a goaltender that could steal games for you. But... You know, we need a pick that could, if it doesn't work out for you, we need a pick that could be a top 10 pick and, or it could be better than that. Ken Holland's not doing that. Now, maybe maybe he will because it's like, I, I don't care. I'm going to be in Florida. What, what, I, what, what the hell do I, but I don't think Jeff Jackson's going to sign up or Daryl Cates is going to sign right. up for that. So I, I don't know how they, the only way that they get out of this is to simply play better. But right now they're so emotional. Well, that's not simple for them. Right, right now they're so emotionally and mentally damaged right now that I don't know how that happens. So I got to mention something. Let's mm-hmm. mention something quickly about the um, the Rangers because yes, um, again, as I've been telling everybody, the Red Wings were not going to stay that hot, and they went up against the Rangers, and people were saying like, "Wow, this is a bad game for the Red." Well, yeah, because the Rangers are on a roll. Everything's mm-hmm. kicking right. I mean, the, the scoring is up. But they even are getting at least 
NHL goaltending from Jonathan Quick. Like in the, as a backup, he was giving you nine thirty save percentage. But the more he gets used, he's yeah. going to give up three goals a lot of games, like he did against the Red Wings. But that may be enough to get him through the Shesterkin issue, which you know is interesting because I don't know if I thought Quick would even do that, but I think he might be able to do that. And the Rangers right now have a differential of plus twelve. And Panarin is having a career year. Like, he's already – like, nobody talks about his point levels anymore. Like, last year, everybody bitched about it. And now this year, he's killing it to the point he's got 20 points in seven games, Mike. 20. Yeah, and and, and Zabinijad had started off slow, and now yeah. he's starting to – he's starting to, you know, they were getting offense out of Kreider. They were getting offense out of Lafreniere. Yeah. Panarin starting off, started off great. They've lost Fox for a month, and you know Miller's playing great, and Truba's playing great, and Schneider's stepping up. And I, I'll tell you, I, I was impressed with Zach. What I saw out of Zach Jones yesterday, yeah, I was Zach impressed. Jones with can play if given the chance. That's I always have said that. And I, I was in, I was impressed with what I've seen in a couple instances out of Will Cully. So you yeah. know, so you know, it's not just their star players that are playing well; it's their depth players that are pl- playing well. And yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, that game was five nothing, and they gave up three goals in the third. So it was like, yeah. you know, so so what, really? I mean, but the people in the yeah. chat room were like, "Hey, the Red Wings have a twelve game point streak." Yeah, I get it. They're a game; at, they're a point ahead of of uh, Toronto. Excuse my French. Do you think they're going to stay there? No, I think they're going to start to lose some steam because they give up too much on the goaltending end. But they went off on a red hot start, but now they've been five four and one. In their last ten, yeah. Um, just a couple more things. Um, I was a little surprised at the cross-check five thousand dollar fine for Ross Colton on Timo Meyer. I thought he was going to get at least a one-game suspension. Didn't get it. Um, the now I, I joked about the the um, the uh, uh, unconditional waivers for Andres. Yeah, talk about talk about how the mighty have fallen. Andres Janssen, I think it was four years ago, signs a three-year contract with the Leafs for about three – after scoring, I think it was 20 goals with, with Matthew – on the left wing of Austin Matthews. Um, one year into that deal, he's traded because of cap reasons um, to New Jersey for Joey Anderson. New Jersey buys him out. Uh, now he uh, he signs on with, uh, with Pittsburgh with his old general manager, Kyle Dubas, and after what ten games, he must have an offer from the SHL. He probably like he doesn't want to go down to the AHL, and he, he uh, they terminated the contract. So I'm assuming he's got a deal over in Sweden. But really, it's like I mean, I know he had some injury issues, but this is a guy who's not big, not durable, and once he started to lose a step, Russ, then he lost his advantage, his speed advantage. Yeah, that that was probably the last thing for him now he's just you know nhl below average fourth liner yeah 13 forward you yep. know, he, he was on a league minimum deal so um now um the one of the games uh interesting games tonight well not tonight let's talk about the broken nose issue oh yes this is a hot button issue because i think there's two sides to this Okay, um, what you're talking about is 
uh, Dylan Cousins, mm-hmm. who got into a fight um, probably not wisely with Garnet Hathaway. And Garnet Hathaway smoked him in a fight yeah. against uh, Sabres uh, Flyers last Friday. Um, Cousins did not play on Saturday, did not play last night uh, as the Sabres lost to Carolina. Um, he was sitting on the watching practice um, on the weekend and during the week. And then finally he practiced today um, and we with, the, with a full face mask and then found out that when in the locker room that he had a, a sort of cushion on his nose. And he had the black black eyes, so he definitely has a, a, a has a broken nose. Right. And what he said afterward, and okay, I'm not going to call him a liar because you know I saw I saw the fight and I saw the, the position that Hathaway was in. Hathaway was down on his knees, so he couldn't see the nameplate and see Garnet Hathaway. Right. So he sees a guy down there mouthing off at him, and they're mouthing at each other, and he's frustrated because the Sabers. Had lost or losing five to one late in the third period, and he figured I'll blow off some steam. Well, not so fast because he got he got tuned up and it broke his nose. So, you know that's that cost him a couple games and some pain, and maybe is teaching him a little bit of a lesson. And he said he said uh, this morning um, it teaches me basically to uh, you know essentially like to know who you're fighting, to know to know. Who, who you're coming up against. Well, I mean, just to, I, I get it. He's a bigger guy, so he probably figured he could take somebody on, and he found out he couldn't. But you have to know that some of these guys on the Flyers, you can't go anywhere near them, or you're just like fresh meat. And I guess he learned that lesson, but I really feel like Don Granado's got to teach him that lesson. Like, say to him, listen, you're a valued scorer here. You can't be getting mixed up in this kind of garbage, especially when you're starting it. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I mean, hey, I mean, it was a frust. That was a frustrating game for the Sabers. They got outplayed in two games by a team that is not as good as them uh, in Philadelphia. They, they had Philadelphia had forty shots on them, and they only won two points in Philadelphia because uh, because uh, Lukanen played really well. Yeah. Philadelphia played much better uh, in Buffalo, and I mean, I can understand the frustration, but you know, you have to sort of watch out. Like, you know, I don't know if Hathaway's a heavyweight, but he's a he's no, a light. He's, tough. He's, he's tough. a light. He's a light heavy. He's One a light thing heavy. about the Flyers, we 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 foresaw that they would have trouble against the Sharks. I mean, I did say I guaranteed on Sirius that that in those next two games between the Flyers or the Oilers, the Sharks would get their first win. They did. So I lived up to the guarantee. Uh, Mick tried to turn it so that I was saying it was definitely going to be against the Flyers. And I said, I didn't know which one. I just had a gut feeling about it. But I also saw a quote, Mike, from John Tortorella that said, um, you know, sometimes going out to dinner with guys and letting them bond is as good as practice. I am here to say, not only can you do both, but the Flyers need more practice. And they have a day off in between every one of these games except for Friday to Saturday. So it's like, you know what? They should be practicing. They really need it. Yeah. Well, and um, no, I didn't – I only saw like the last 10 minutes of the third period uh, of the game against San Jose last night just to see if the Flyers were going to lose to a team that had not had any wins. 
Um, so I didn't notice that they did not play Morgan Frost again. Oh, yeah. And actually, um, when John Tortorella was asked about that, like, is it a tough decision putting in Couturier and not putting in Frost? The answer was no. Um, I'll just that say pretty right, much tells you where things are at. I'll just say right now that I really hope for his sake that Morgan Frost gets traded because right now it seems like he's never going to get a fair shake from John Tortorella, which is, which is unbelievable because the guy probably is. arguably their best forward in the second half of the season last year. And Tortorella didn't seem to have any problem with him. So the only thing I can come up with is that, you know, an extended, it wasn't even a holdout because it didn't even go into training camp that an extended holdout was something that uh, upset John Tortorella. I do feel like it, it, um, it hurt his standing. I will say that. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's the, that's the business that we're in. So it's like, yeah. you know, so uh, honestly, I, I hope, I hope he gets traded. I hope he gets traded someplace where he has success. And I hope the next time he plays the flyers, he sticks the stick right where, you know, but you're getting ahead of yourself, Mike. Now first he has to get traded and that's going to take a little while. And it's going to take a little while. Exactly. Especially if Danny Breer is asking, they're not going to rush him. They're not going to rush it, and they're they're going to expect to get a price, exact a price for it. But the thing is, honestly, you keep sitting them, that's going to affect his value. I, I think right now you could get a conditional second based on like games played and points scored, or a halfway decent player. I think that's what they should be looking for. Yeah, and I've uh, like I you know, and I haven't heard any rumors regarding Toronto, but um, he's from the Toronto area. Obviously, his his dad was the Maple Leaf. Uh, uh, in game, the uh, PA announcer and somebody who I've known for a long time. Um, and the Leafs, honestly, I think right now with having to move Max Domi to center on the third line, could use a guy like Morgan Frost as the third line center behind Matthews and Tavares. I think he would be a really good fit there because yeah. I think he's a, he's a good center. And, you know, I mean, with some – with teams that I think he can be a second line center, but third line center right now is a fit. Um, I don't know if Toronto, I think Toronto is probably keeping their powder dry for defensemen because that's the area that they're really, they really need to address. Yeah. I'll give you something I could foresee. Like if, if the Oilers wanted them, I think they could get someone like Reed Shaper who's 20. He's six four two eighteen. He's playing in the minors with Milwaukee. Right. And he's got two points in eight games. And I think something like that would be the case. Oh, he's with Nashville now. Sorry. I'm not the Oilers. Like if Nashville wanted to do that trade. Oh, yeah. You know, well, something like that. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Leafs play Ottawa tonight in the first battle of Ontario. And uh, Joseph Wall will be getting the start after that wonderful performance by uh, Ilya Samsonov against the uh, – Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'll just say I, I said this. facetious for everybody in the audience. Well, I'll just say I'll say this. I said this on the uh, on the Leafs convo uh, on uh, on Monday night. You have a goaltender who gave up three goals on four shots against Tampa Bay, and then the next time you play Tampa Bay, and the the other goaltender made I think it was twenty eight saves and and won the game for you. So the next time you start against Tampa. You put the guy who gave up three goals on four shots. I don't get that. Yeah. It I doesn't make that. any sense. But anyway, we'll talk about that uh, probably on Friday. Friday um, yeah. 
For Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. All right. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.